1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So we're excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about something that I think is a big issue for moms, especially moms of little ones, definitely something I dealt with, and that is how to make time for everything. I mean, everything being your kids, A, getting housework done, Um, paid work if you have it, Mm -hmm. volunteer stuff, friends, all that. And we can't talk about everything today, but I think in particular, um, managing the household while still making time to actually, you know, sit down and play with your kids every now and then is Mm -hmm. a big sticking point for moms with younger kids.
0: And feeling like feeling behind. Um, We're going to kick this off with a listener question. Sheena from Portland called in. Um, And I know when you guys listen to her question, a lot of you will relate is just that feeling of I can't catch up. Like I'm not sitting on my you know what all day. I'm doing stuff, but I cannot get on top of whether it's the running the household chores or kind of the what I call like administrative running the house, like the emails and the signups and the bills. Um, So, yeah, it's a big topic. um, But I, I think you're right, Megan. I think especially when kids are really little it's almost universal feeling no matter what your working situation or you know your schedule it's a pretty it's a pretty common feeling
1: it is so should we just take sheena's question
0: yeah let's listen
1: hi sarah and megan this is sheena from oregon and i had two questions that i was wondering if you had answers to that both kind of relate to time management i have a four-year-old a two-year-old and a three-month-old so I'm finding that I'm always behind, and I'm just wondering if you have any tips for how to get ahead. And also, how do you find time in the day to play? I find that I'm always just trying to get the kids busy so I can get on to my next task, and I never
0: have time to just sit down and play. Thanks for your advice. Love the podcast. Okay, Sheena. Uh, I have been there. Literally, I one time had a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old. So our kids are spaced similar, and that was a really quite difficult time for me. Um, So I can relate. First of all, I get you. I also think that um, sometimes a knee jerk response to a question like Sheena's is to say, Oh, go easy on yourself. You've got three little kids, the laundry can wait. I think those, um, those comments are really well intentioned. And there's a lot of value to them. But I don't think they're always the most helpful to hear. I just remember thinking, I know people are going to tell me, to lower my expectations of myself and, and be kind to myself and take it easy. And, um, you know, it doesn't all have to get done. And I remember thinking, I, I remember thinking, yeah, but there are things that I want to do simple things like, you know, eat lunch, sitting down or take a shower, but there's also things that really genuinely have to get done. And I don't know how to get them all done. So while, while there's an element of, I think what I'll say, and probably what you will say, Megan, which is just You know, this too shall pass, and go easy on yourself, and maybe take the expectations down a notch. I I want everybody listening to know that I don't always think that's the most helpful thing to hear, and sometimes we really do just need some productivity tips or some new ways to think about time management. So hopefully that's what we will do here. Yeah, well I totally agree. I mean,
1: I'm the first person to tell moms to take it easy, or you know. take it easy on themselves. But like you said, I mean, laundry has to get done. Food Mm -hmm. has to get eaten. There's just things that, you know, for you to be happy in your household, um, have to be, have to have to happen.
0: (laughs) so, And feeling behind is not a good feeling. It's one thing Mm -hmm. to feel busy or to feel like you've got your hands full with kids or to feel like your house is a mess. But that feeling, like we all know it, whether it's in work or personal life where you cannot, like things are coming at you so fast that you just can't even, you know, keep it all Yeah, it's not a fun feeling. Um, So let's help Sheena out of that a little bit. Um, I do have a couple of practical tips that I'll start with that work for me. Everybody's different. Um, One thing, and I've talked about this before about calendar management, is I think really well in one week blocks. So whether you have a print, uh, like a paper planner, a paper calendar, or if you're digital, I print my Google calendar just one sheet of just a week because a week is easier for me to conceptualize. And I think, I think, if you're, if you're at home with your kids, if you're a stay at home mom, or you're working from home, you you don't necessarily have a ton of appointments. So I used to kind of think, well, I don't know if I need a an agenda or a calendar. I don't have conference calls. I don't have meetings. The kids aren't in school yet. This is when, you know, before a lot of school mm-hmm. stuff started, but a week at a time is a really good way for me to picture where I am and what needs to get done. And what I'll do is print that calendar. And if there are appointments on there, if somebody has a swim lesson or if I have a commitment or, you know, my husband's traveling, then that's probably already on the printout because it was in my Google calendar. But then I will handwrite on there just one or two things to get done that day. Sometimes it's which day I'm going to go to the grocery store. I wouldn't write my whole list on there. I would just, you know, in pen and ink, just scrawl Trader Joe's on Monday in the first part of the day. And then kind of block schedule that way of whether it's household chores or especially errands. You know, you guys know I used to live in Arizona where especially in the summer you just avoid going outside and if you're in a winter place. So if you're looking at your week and you have a couple of errands, kind of plugging those in where it makes sense. So um, that's just one tip I have and it works for me because I, I um, that view of a week makes sense to me. You know, longer term planning is a little overwhelming if you're in the weeds. And I don't need the minutia of a daily schedule. If you're home and you're, you know, your daily schedule might only have like naps, baby naps on it. And that's okay if that's the phase that you're in. But when it comes to getting things done, I find that that has been less overwhelming for me than like one big giant to-do list that has no relationship to the calendar. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah,
1: I agree. You know, I don't think I even used A calendar when my kids were really little, yeah, Um, and I was even working at the time. But the things I was working on, um, you know, they were writing jobs that weren't real like date sensitive. I guess I had to know my deadlines, but that was about it. Yeah, and I kept track of those elsewhere. I didn't even really look at the calendar (laughs) because none of my the kids weren't in school. They didn't have things they had to be doing at any certain time. So I thought, much like you, um, I thought in my of my life in terms of of days of the week. Yeah, and one thing that really helped me was to have routines set up around certain days of the week because Mm -hmm. things like if i knew i was going to grocery shop every monday for example it just took the thinking out of it i never really ran out of stuff the way i did you know if let's say you don't know when you're going to grocery shop it could be monday it could be tuesday it could be wednesday well by the time monday rolls around you're probably out of stuff now it's an emergency situation do i have to go to the store and just grab milk and bread which is going to eat up an hour of my time you know for like very little reward or am i going to now whatever else i was starting to work on am i going to put that aside. I feel like the less the more you can take away that mental shuffle at this mm-hmm. phase, um the better off you'll be and this, the more you can simplify. Mm-hmm. The other thing is I would have a to-do list and my to-do list sometimes was just the same thing week after week and it would just be the what do they say the big rocks like put the big yep. rocks in first. Yep. Um it was just the need to do stuff mm-hmm. and then any other stuff that I could kind of fill in around that the nice to do the little rocks was the mm-hmm. nice to do stuff. Um The other thing that I really did a lot when the kids were little, especially was, and I've talked a lot about this, is those trigger tasks, the ones that if I didn't get them done, I would just feel bad in my home. Ooh, talk Um, about that again, because I feel like it might have been a while. Yeah, so I had them. I mean, over time, it's just become natural. I don't really even have to think about it anymore. But when I was really overwhelmed by housework and Mm -hmm. like just the never-ending stream of things that had to get done, um, I just kind of identified maybe three or four things that make me nuts if they don't get Mm -hmm. done, and I just made sure those things got done. And what I would find is that getting those things done would then give me that kind of feeling of uh, more productivity. I would feel more peace, more peaceful in my space. So for me, one was like the kitchen counter Mm -hmm. had to be cleaned off um mm-hmm. for me that would sometimes mean just putting the dishes in the sink and filling them with soapy water it didn't right. always mean i cleaned the whole kitchen but it meant my ki- my counters were wiped off um everything like off the living room floor by a certain point of the day mm-hmm. which i started to realize meant that if i was going to have the kids playing with toys you know in the evening time when the house was starting to settle i wanted them playing somewhere besides mm-hmm. the living room like they mm-hmm. were in their room or in a toy mm-hmm. room um <clears throat> the bathrooms was another big one like you know like wadded up towels on the floor makes me crazy. And I don't like to wait and do all my laundry at once. Um, right. I know sometimes like life makes that necessary, but right. I was always better having like that rhythm where I would do like one load a night or every other night. So right. <clears throat> I found that having those things that I just knew would help me just feel better about my space would then almost help me find more energy to take care or just clarity. So much of this sometimes is like your head is so full. hmm that you don't even know, you're like, just spinning your wheels. You don't know where to focus. And if you can kind of get some clarity in your head, then it's, that takes some of that, that element out of it.
0: It's so true that you brought that up because it is, it's like, really, it's sort of like taking your mental health at the same time as taking care of your house, you know, identifying which things are important to keep the house but also put you in that just more centered place in your mind. I think. Yeah. And I think when, you know, I think
1: when you have a two month old, Mm
0: -hmm. no matter
1: what, it's hard for two reasons. It's hard because it's hard. Yeah, it's hard, but it's also hard because you're still new at having that number of kids. Yeah. So whatever number it is, whether it's one or Mm -hmm. two or three or Mm -hmm. four or five, Mm -hmm. you're still new at learning how to like set your life up around that number. So it does get easier, not only because the kids get older, because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, a two month old can be easier than a 18 month old as we've. Yes. About a million, million times. Um, but you're still figuring it out. You're still figuring out how to actually function with that much more laundry, right. that many more people to put in a car, that many right. more bedtimes or whatever. So it's like you're in, two, you're learning from two different, yes. it's like new and to would, you and it's I also would, tough.
0: <laughs> and I would add to that, that your older, the older siblings are also learning to be more independent at the same time yeah. because right, everything shifts up. Like the two year old who was the baby now has to put his own shoes on yeah. and it all moves up the chain. So everybody yes. is adjusting. Um, yeah, yeah. No. So I think, think that
1: that can that can add a lot to the mental clutter because you're just thinking yes. all the time. You're not right. just doing yet. You're yes, thinking, thinking, not thinking. Yes, it's automatic. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
0: Ooh, it's so. giving me it's giving me like PTSD thinking about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, just
1: kidding. I survived. Is this survived. the part? Is this the part where we say it'll all be fine and this it will all pass be fine? <laughs> Wearable well-being for your feet.
0: Um, Okay, another thing, a couple of just tips that I thought of is, this is one that I still use no matter what, is before you sit down at the computer to do, whether you do work on the computer, whether it's like a brain break for you and you just want to scroll Facebook or whether you have emails to answer or bills to pay, before you open up or fire up the computer, write down two or three or four things that you are going to do first because we are all distractible by shiny objects. A lot of the shiny objects come to us via social media. (laughs) And no matter how clear your big to-do list is, I still find, even if I have a big running to-do list or something more complicated, I will just on a post-it write down like, the first two or three things I'm going to do when I open up my computer because it's so easy to go down, even a, even a productive rabbit hole. Like yeah, I might absolutely. start answering emails and get into answering emails and I might be being productive, but I forgot to sign my kid up for camp or whatever, like the one thing <laughs> yeah. I needed the to do The one reason today. you got on. Yes. Yep. So it, does, it might not even just be like time-wasting stuff. It can also just be like the way the internet and computer stuff can kind of lead you down a nonsensical path. So, um, and stick to it. So, and then you can, and then like give yourself permission to do whatever you want online. If the baby's napping and you've got that time and it feels good, then do it. But, um, and I, I'm being serious when I mean before you, the screen even lights up because it's like, it's so easy to, once it lights up, you're
1: already sucked in. It's too late. Right. If you go to the (laughs) first
0: notification, wherever that is or the email. So, um, that's another one that I still use, whether it's for work or personal stuff, um, because my computer time is pretty confined to like nap time or one kind of block. So I can have all these ideas of things I want to do floating around in my head or on my to-do list all day. And sometimes it's more than I can get done in one nap time. So it really helps to prioritize. Um, so that one. I, I
1: agree. And that's actually uh, leads me to another, to remember another tip that I used to give a lot um, specifically to people who were asking for, for advice on working from home, but I think it applies to anybody. I used to do this. Um, I did this for years. I had literally, Because I'm a very out-of-sight, out-of-mind kind of person. I need visual reminders of things. Mm -hmm. And I had lists of things I could do in 5, 10, 15, or 20 minutes posted all around my computer. Now, Mm -hmm. if you're not working on the computer during the day, then maybe you post it on the fridge. And maybe you don't make it obvious so that people come over and make fun of you. Like, (laughs) stuff I can do in 5 minutes. But just, like, little reminders. Like, oh, maybe I have 5 or 10 minutes right now because baby's finishing up the nap. I'm not going to get into something. I know she's going to get up. But I have a few minutes to work with right. here, um, I can scrub the pot that's in the, mm-hmm. in the sink, or I can dust really quick if that's a thing for you. Yeah. Or you, you know, if you still dust or whatever, yeah. you know, I can fold a little laundry. whatever those things are, you can do in that amount of time. I found that those visual cues really helped me when I was like, Oh my God, I'm running out of time. Like the baby's going to wake up. Uh, right. like, I'm so behind you go down that, that sort of rabbit hole. Like that, that you're just uh, spinning your wheels. You're spinning, yeah. <laughs> you're spinning down the downward spiral is what I was getting at. That I'm running out of time. I, it's not even worth trying. I might yeah, as well do just that. get on
0: Facebook. I do that when I am about to leave the house because I've talked about I'm a pretty punctual person. I can get a little wound up about like what time we need to leave and getting everybody out the door. But the downside of that, the good news is I'm usually on time, but the downside is I can, I actually probably waste 10 or 15 minutes just like Being mobilizing ready to, go. to leave. And then <laughs> yeah. I'd be better off doing one of those five or 10 minutes. Productive tasks, and then just say, "Okay, get in the car, let's go." You know, right. like it doesn't yeah, have to be exactly probably leftover from when it really did take twenty minutes to get out the yeah, door. But yeah, um, yeah, no, that's a well, really good. We're
1: still learning too. We're all still, you know, learning whatever stage the kids are in. We're still getting used to that
0: stage. Totally, so, totally. You know. um, another thing I wanted to suggest is this is a little more big picture, but when I was um, staying at home, working a little bit at home, it helped me to find the sweet spot of how much time at home and how much time out of the house felt right to me. We've talked on this show. I'm definitely a homebody. I like being at home and everybody has a different tolerance for how much they like to be out seeing friends, running errands, doing activities. Um, but I would say just know, just know yourself and it will change over time. Obviously when you add a kid and go through different phases, but, um, I think when I'm at home too much, even though I like that and tend toward the homebody, if I'm home too much, I get less done. The house gets messier. I get because the kids are playing at home, and I get more irritated about the mess, which means I'm doing the same repetitive kind of nagging yeah. and picking up tasks over and over again. Whereas if we if we have something to go do and we're out, um, then I have a more limited time at home, and we tend to be more purposeful with it. And so I think everybody, everybody's sweet spot is different um, because I know people, especially as new moms, I knew moms who just felt like they're, they were climbing the walls when they were home with a baby. And it was because, you know, the babies need to sleep a lot. I was never like that. I kind of, you know, didn't bother me, but knowing yourself and then finding that sweet spot, because I think there is a tie between, where you're spending your time and productivity and not enough time at home probably means you're not keeping up on stuff, but too much time at home I think can take you can, can also not be right. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it actually reminds me of Sheena's other question, which is about playing with your kids, which I know we probably yeah. both have a lot to say about
0: that. Yes. But one thing that I,
1: I really found when they were young is that leaving the house with them and doing something focused. You know, it's not always focused on them. Sometimes it's focused on you. Sometimes it's a, just an errand. Right. But you, there's usually a way to wrap up something kind of fun in that. Yes. And I found that that would often just buy me. Like I didn't have to work as hard when I got back then to get mm-hmm. them into something else so that mm-hmm. I could do what focus on what I had to. Mm-hmm. The fact that we've been out and got ice cream or sat, mm-hmm. you know, went to the playground for 15 minutes or whatever little thing we were able to tack on to that mm-hmm. task, sort of just like then they get home and they're and they're just, I don't know, they're not bored anymore or they have right. a little energy or like they can, now they can go focus and do their own thing for a little while. It's like, I just right. bought myself yeah. some time. So, Agreed. um, totally. yeah, that's another good, that's another good. And I totally, I'm not really a homebody, but having young kids kind of made me one for a while. Yeah. And, uh, I had to force myself a lot. Sometimes it was like, go for a walk. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I just couldn't even face buckling a kid into the car. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there, right? That's just the worst. Yeah. in the car seat. Sometimes it was easier just to be like, I'm going to pop you in the sling or the stroller or take you by the hand. And we're just going to walk for, you know, walk around the block or go to the park. Um, But just to like get that change of scenery and you're less distracted. And
0: yeah. And if you are really struggling, going back to kind of where we started with calendaring and planning your time. Um, those are types of things that you could even put on the calendar. I mean, you don't have to, obviously, because they kind of make more spent sense spontaneously. But if you're feeling like you're kind of in a rut with how you're using your time, you could experiment with printing out or looking at a weekly calendar and, you know, writing down that you want to go for a walk after dinner one night and see how that feels and, you know, that you want to go to this playground one day. I mean, I, yeah. I definitely have had times where I put things like that on the calendar for myself and for the kids just to feel like, I knew what was coming. Um, even yeah. if they're pretty easy things that don't need to be scheduled, I guess.
1: Yeah. So Should we dig into the idea yeah. of playing with your kids. Let's, let's talk about it. that. Shall let's, we? Let's I just, do I feel like this is, and I've ranted about this before, but Sheena maybe hasn't had the benefit of hearing <laughs> me rant. <laughs> Re-rant. Um, I just, I feel like there's just this cultural expectation now that never existed before of parents playing with kids. And we talked about this before. I don't think there's anything wrong with playing with your kids. And I definitely have in some ways um, over the years, different things I'm good at, some things I'm not so good at, you know. But mm-hmm. there's this like expectation now that especially if you're a stay-at-home mom, it's like, like your job is to not do any housework. And I've actually seen this vocalized or mm-hmm. verbalized in different memes and stuff like mm-hmm. basically your job isn't to clean the house it's not to keep the house running um it's not to manage those day-to-day things it's to play with your kid and i really kind of disagree with that i i mm-hmm. sort of feel like if you're at home your job is partly to manage the household because mm-hmm. people live in your house and it needs yeah. to run and and um that's not to say again i i don't give people like a big especially moms of little ones like a huge amount of you know i guess you know, grace or whatever it is, like do it your way, ease into it. It's hard. You're still learning. But if you feel like that's your job is to be a household manager, then I think that that's a very legitimate thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Particularly if you don't have the budget to hire other people to do that. Someone has Mm -hmm. to do it, and if you're home, it it makes sense that that person would be you. So um, first of all, that's just like my one little rant because I would always feel like when I was home with the little kids, like, I want to keep the house, you know, Mm -hmm. part of the reason I stayed home is because I wanted to be with my kids, and part of the reason I stayed home is I like domestic stuff, and I like running a household that feels like it's running well, and I think that's a very legitimate thing, and so I couldn't really just play with my kids all day, and I didn't really love the, I guess implication that that was what I should be doing or more valuable right. use of my time.
0: Right. End
1: rant. Actually, it's no. not over yet, but I'll let no. you talk.
0: <laughs> Pause rant. Pause rant. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, you and I, you know, are on the same page here. Um, but I did want to kind of challenge, you specifically to redefine let's redefine play for this conversation to me. Okay. Play what, what we mean when we say play with our kids is connect and engage with your kids. And I would bet Sheena that you are doing that with all three of your close together spaced, sweet little kids ages four, two and three months. Let's remember this, where she is in life. I would bet that you are doing that more than you think, including individually one-on-one. I just think that we have this image of sitting down and playing cars on the floor as, as a, a more narrow definition of play. So to me, first of all, play for play to be play. It should feel really natural and fun and anybody who's tried to make believe ninjago lego like knows that it's not always natural. With your kid and fun. telling you you're doing yeah. it wrong the whole time yeah, that was always my favorite. You. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was a little throwback to our we hate fun <laughs> episode. Yes. But um, I think I in, instead of looking at it from the kids perspective for a second I'll get back to the kids in a minute. Think of what feels natural and fun for you as a mom. We've talked on this show, I love to sing and I love to read aloud and I love to talk to my kids. If I'm doing one of those three things, I might be also changing a diaper or making lunch or driving in my car. But to me, that totally counts as play because if I'm into it, then I'm connecting. I'm not saying it's all about me. Obviously, there's times when we're going to want to be in their world too. And actually, I have something to say about that too. But- I think you almost start with what feels fun to you. If it's going on walks or hikes or playing in nature, if it's, um, you know, dance parties in the living room, I think then it is truly play. And and even if you're not doing any of those things because you're in the weeds, think about all the times you're looking your kids in the eye and talking to them and engaging with them. You are playing with them, Sheena, you are. Uh, You don't need to add that to your agenda.
1: No, yes, absolutely. It doesn't need to be something (laughs) to like... It doesn't need to be something you check off your to-do list because like you said, Sarah, you're so right. She's probably already doing so much of that already without even thinking about it. And it doesn't – like you said, it doesn't have to be sitting down on the carpet playing cars. Please, God, no. <laughs> like, or, you know um, – Doing endless make believe. I loved make believe as a kid, and now I'm terrible at it because I don't live in the kids' world anymore. Like I, they don't even they don't even like my input anymore. Right. They yeah. think it stinks. But I'm great at telling stories. I'm great at you know making up silly songs. I'm great at talking to the kids while I cook, mm-hmm. and I'm great at involving them in stuff I do and having them kind of help me. Like those are those all going on walks and having conversations and pointing yes. out squirrels. I mean, it all. If we just took the word play out of it, it's such mm-hmm. a loaded word. Maybe it's you know it's just focused time it's just spending time with other human beings and that's you know your your job as a mom well I don't even like thinking of being a mom as a job it's a relationship that you have with another set of human beings who live in your house and you're and you have to guide them and that's part of your responsibility and part of your job maybe is all the household stuff right but like if we start looking at every interaction we have with our kids is like you know, something like on our task list, mm-hmm. I just, it takes so much of the spontaneity and fun and joy out of it to me. I just don't really want to look at it that way. So, yes,
0: agreed. Yeah. Um, and I think it does come back down to the connection and the relationship and that's, that's interwoven with play. But if you want to get really like psychological about it, play is the child's work, right? That's like, yes. I didn't make that phrase up. That's like a, that's a, that's a thing. Some like a story um, thing, right? So yeah. that's their work. <laughs> yeah. Um, the connection is where I think where the heart of it is. So, um, I don't know. I hope Sheena that we didn't like misunderstand your question or make it seem like you were asking the wrong question. I just think we can redefine making time to play and instead think of all the ways that you are already playing and connecting. Um, so having said that, I actually do want to kind of talk about the other side of that, which is, um, when you have three kids close together and they're young, like yours are, I do think there's value in um, every once in a while, whether you make it a goal of once a day or a couple times a week, of playing something that kid really wants to play, but do it one on one. Don't try and pl- don't think that three kids close together are all gonna happily join in a game of Candyland or Ring around the Rosie. Right. Um, I think if you make 15 minutes of time for the four-year old doing whatever she or he wants to do, that pay, we know from research, we know it pays dividends later. So if you're going to give yourself a sort of checklist mentality, um, which is fine if that's, if that helps, but then I would really recommend doing it individually with each kid and not say, now I'm going to play with the kids. Because as someone who has three kids close in age, it's a constant negotiation of my time and attention. And also what can we find to do that everybody will enjoy. And quite frankly, developmentally, the answer is not much a lot of the time, because that's the whole point of having different kids at different developmental places. So rather than put that pressure on yourself to play with the kids, um, I would, I would maybe set a goal to spend 15 minutes, especially if the oldest is kind of getting short shift because, you know, because of the new baby, then, then do what that kid wants to do. Play the game you don't like to play or pretend baby dolls and just do it for, you know, and sort of indulge them in that way. But yeah. don't think you do it all. Make believe and cook dinner and play with the baby and, yeah.
1: Right. Well, and I think another, another way I kind of got around that sometimes when my arms were almost just too full and I just was like, I, I, I've got so much going on right now as I would talk to them about their play. So often it wasn't me playing with them, but I would say, well, tell me about the game you're playing. And sometimes that's all they want. Like they want another participant mm-hmm. or they want someone to kind of acknowledge what they're doing or they want to talk it through. And often that ends up then becoming sort of like, you've seen little kids get up and kind of act out the thing that they just saw or yeah. the thing they just acted yes. out, you know? Lots of times it would become me almost becoming more an observer, observer to that right. than necessarily engaging in it. But what they're getting is, the one-on-one time and they're getting attention and they're getting acknowledgement of what they're doing and yeah. and I, you know that all counts too like you said and reading and storytelling is, and all that counts. Yeah,
0: this is reminding me a little bit of that episode where we did talk about all the types of play that we don't like. Um yeah. but what I'm it's reminding me of is I think you said very wisely that sometimes what they want is one-on-one time with you and connection with you, in which case if that's what they want, I say suggest another activity. Like right. I, can, I will always say, how about can we sit together and I'll read you a book? Because I will, right. all, I will always do that. Um, but if what they want is to really do that game, that's a different challenge. And maybe a sibling can help or maybe it needs to right. wait till later. I mean in my house a lot of times it's like, yeah – I would love to do that with you, but it is not going to happen until I have a co-parent here to help, you know, because right, it's just, yes. so I think helping the child figure out, do I need time with mom right now? In which case mom should be free to negotiate a different activity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to be together I think, or, yeah, play, yeah, yeah. you know, okay, Megan, well over here at the mom hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, our place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product.
1: Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. To claim this deal, go to hyahealth.com slash mom hour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to hiyahealt com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. I think there's yeah. a, that's, that's wise. And I think that um, also four-year-olds and to some extent, even two-year-olds are getting old enough to understand the concept of not now. And later, yeah. and maybe then what you do is you look at your day and you say, you know, there's just no way to squeeze this in. It doesn't have to happen all day long. This whole idea of like us setting up these balanced lives, where like, right. you know, in the morning from eight till 10, we play and then from 10 till noon, I make lunch or whatever it is. I mean, that right. that's ridiculous, but <laughs> you know what I'm getting at it's kind of, it's silly to like, try to like fit it in that kind of, um. That kind of predictable pattern to that degree when life is so unpredictable with a baby Mm -hmm. and a toddler. Mm -hmm. But you could say maybe when my spouse or partner gets home, I have a half an hour where I'm going to just put everything else aside and focus on playing with my four-year-old or whatever it is or doing something with my four-year-old. That to me feels so much more manageable. And then you can start to teach them about like, not now, but remember when daddy gets home,
0: we're going to do this. And I think going back to Sheena's original question, listening to her, it's not that she's trying to avoid playing with her kids or that they're always asking her and she doesn't want to. I think it's actually she wants to make time for that kind of connection and not always be worried about getting on to the next thing. You know, she mentioned keeping the kids busy in one activity so that she can, whatever, prep dinner or get out the door. And again, it comes down to that part will get easier, you know, given her kids' ages. But I think she's really... She it's coming from a place of wanting wanting not to always say no to play or to always be yeah. too busy and I, I think that's I think that's smart I just think we can we can keep our expectations in check and I don't know like I said at the beginning redefine what play is which maybe takes a load off in terms of what we think we need to accomplish in a day.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And you know, one thing I, I know at the beginning we started by saying. People will say, take it easy on yourself, and this too shall pass, and that's not always that helpful. But one thing I have to say, that I never found those kind of, I don't know, truisms very helpful either. They sound a little patronizing, frankly, mm-hmm. um, except for when we say them, Sarah. Then they're totally great but, yeah. and empowering. Yeah. Um, but one thing I remember sort of, I don't know, it was sort of like I had a little epiphany when my kids, when maybe the oldest three, were really little, and I was going to bed, and I thought, you know... Everything I could get done today, I got done Mm -hmm. and it wouldn't really have made that much difference if I'd gotten one more thing done um, or one less thing done. Like Mm -hmm. when I wake up tomorrow, there will still be a full day's worth of work waiting for me. I can dig in as much as I want to or as little as is possible for me right now. And just kind of knowing, like realizing that, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as being done. At mm-hmm. your job when your job is being home with kids and taking care of a household. There's just no such thing. You're never done. You could always do more and you could always do less. So I feel like that sometimes at like the end of the night when I would find myself getting all anxious and, you know, wanting to kind of skimp on the bedtime routine or like, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out with the kids or the family because, ugh, I still have this other stuff I have to get done. Just like taking a breath and thinking, Okay, but no matter what, even if I did that thing now, I'd have to do it again tomorrow night anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like that, it's finding that balance between Staying on top of things to a level that makes you feel good about your spot, and right. your space and surroundings and your right. life and your schedule and knowing when, you know, really what is more important and where's your priority. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it doesn't always, the priority doesn't always have to be playing with your kids mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be the house, but sometimes mm-hmm. it can be one or the other, you know, like mm-hmm. it, yeah, it can go back and forth and it can change depending on how you feel about and, stuff. And, and big swings no of guilt. energy.
0: Yes. Agreed. No guilt. No, No guilt. No guilt. Um, I want to, before we wrap, um, I want to mention that I just read the book, The Gift of Failure by um, Jessica Leahy, Mm -hmm. which seems not related to this, but uh, because I just read it and it's fresh in my mind, um, the book in general is really about creating very competent, autonomous, independent kids who aren't afraid to try new things and fail and be rescued. Um, It's right in line, Megan, with a lot of the things we talk about. It's a fantastic book and I recommend it um but because a lot of what she talks about is geared toward middle and high school students and i don't have those i really connected to the chapter on household chores and delegating which again you and i have talked about way long time ago on the podcast i think it was like our fourth or fifth episode or something but i have like i'm i have a renewed uh energy about helping my kids become independent and autonomous and contribute around the house not in any kind of a complicated chore chart way cuz that's not my style but just to like give them the competency of being able to contribute to the house. And I think Sheena's kids are littler, but it's never too early to start thinking about what, what can I ask for help with and what are my kids yeah. capable of? And when we're talking about getting all the things done, speaking as someone uh, who has an eight and a six-year-old, four and two become eight and six pretty quick. And there's a, yeah. there's a lot of competency in there. There's a lot that those ages can do. And I just, I have like a renewed fire under my butt to, um, give my eight and six year old more, more agency in contributing. And so I don't know, it's not directly related, but number one, it's a great book. And number two, I do think that the sooner you, uh, adopt that mindset of not just giving your kids chores because kids should have chores, but giving them the, the gift of uh, being able to contribute in that way, um, the less the less there is on your to-do list. It's like the yeah, ultimate win-win. True. You know, they it is. Gaining those skills, and you are you're practicing delegating. For a while, it feels like more
1: work for sure when right. you do it that way. But then you really do, in the end, end up setting everyone else, everyone up for success. Yourself, mm-hmm. your kids, and then you don't have to work so hard at it later. And the other thing is, I think, like I kind of touched on, I think that counts as well can count as well as one-on-one time often getting your kids involved, the the instruction, the teaching, the coaching. I mean, that all counts. That's helping them become, um, competent, you know, individuals, which is kind of the goal. It's kind of the point of all this anyway. Um, and so it's not like I want to be like a big, you know, you know, play, (laughs) like a grouch about it and like, no, don't play with your kids, play party pooper. That's not it at all. It's more like, Hey, sometimes these other things can replace that, can stand in or replace, um, mm-hmm. for or replace that sort of push to play, 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 because while mm-hmm. play is great, um, other things also need to happen. You know, kids mm-hmm. who just play all day don't learn some of the things that they need to learn. Um, and that is like what it means to be in a family and what it means to mm-hmm. help run a household and mm-hmm. to contribute. And those are all things that make them feel good too. So, yes
0: yeah agreed 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 I'll link to that book in the show notes um Megan I thought of you actually reading it just because of our conversations about middle and high schoolers and um some of the episode we did about homework academic expectations and I think it's a fantastic book I I loved it it. um yeah so I don't know I hope Sheena I hope Sheena the Helped a little bit. We're definitely rooting for you. We've definitely been there, um, and other moms out there who are drowning in small children. Yeah, <laughs> take heart. <laughs>
1: take heart. Well, heart. that's a good way to that's a good way to wrap this one up, I guess. So we will be back next week. You can check us out at themomhour.com. dot This was episode sixty. I don't know how many resources we mentioned, but there was probably yeah, a couple I mean- in there.
0: Maybe a couple of our past episodes, I think, would be nice compliments to this that I'll link to, Um, and then Jessica Leahy's book as well. Yes. And
1: if you would would like to leave us a question, you may also do so, right, by going to to the momhour.com, and there's a little speak pipe thing plug-in in in the sidebar.
0: Yeah, it's really easy, and your voice could be on the show like Sheena's, and we love hearing your questions. And if you don't want to do it that way, we'd love to get your emails, too. It's hello at themomhour.com.
1: All right, we'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Thanks, everybody. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening, and left the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So, not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much.